Today, we are talking to Chris Redner, the CTO of Cladwell, and we discuss the differences between a lead developer and CTO, his journey and experience on the startup bus, and the importance of having the entire company work towards a common goal. All of this right here, right now on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. All right. You said you're working on some API stuff. I want to hear more about it. Yeah. So uh, right now uh, in the current Cladwell app, um, we leverage Firebase for almost everything kind of uh, remote um, and do everything else on the device. It was not necessarily your ideal kind of structure for an app, but when I came into the company uh, that was existing and looking at my options was either rewrite the whole app from scratch um, at that point or move forward with what we have, iterate on what we have, figure out that product market fit, and then do the crazy technical stuff later. Um, and so I've been with the company almost a year now, and it's, we're finally making that switch to moving off of Firebase as kind of our API and actually building out our own. Um, so we're using like Django REST framework and uh, just kind of creating your generic kind of JSON API. Um, which is primarily helping out our older devices. So if you're running on an iPhone 5S or whatnot, and you're trying to calculate 2 million outfit possibilities from your closet, uh, it really kind of slows it down. So we're trying to move all of that onto our server to kind of create a more consistent experience for our users. Uh, but it's about a year in the making, kind of in my head, just kind of waiting for the right time, waiting for our numbers to make sense to actually do this work. Yeah, my wife, she processes about 2 million outfit choices in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it's it's terrifying. I mean, we when we they originally built the app, I think they expected most users to bring in 50 to 60 items in their closet and it would generate, you know, in the tens of thousands of outfit possibilities. Uh, but what we found is the people who love our app the most are bringing three to 350 items in their closet. And generating just, I mean, a lot of times the devices just stop processing because they just give up after some weird CPU timeout because it's just generating so many output possibilities for them. Yeah, it's crazy what it should be on a server and then have them always ready and tapped up, you know? It could yeah, just generate I mean, like a thousand possibilities for anything that's basic. And then every time a new one comes in, regenerate more possibilities, right? Or is there some sort of like progressive aspect to the software? Um, what we normally do is we try and uh, just match our styling rules at a basic level and generate as many possibilities. Uh, but how we actually deliver those possibilities to you is kind of where we include the personalization. Um, so that's where like if you find certain things colder or warmer or you like to wear these colors together, even though we don't necessarily call it, you know, Cladwell approved or anything like that. That's kind of where we take that in. So I always talk about it like we generate these outfits as kind of like generating a deck of cards, but it's how we shuffle and deal these cards to you. That's on a personal level. So where was the product at as far as features and what it could do and users when you joined? Um, when I joined, it was the second day the app was in, in the store. So at about, you know, a couple of dozen users, um, a lot of those just have migrated from Cloudwell's previous products and, um, you could add items to uh, a singular closet, 
um, and those items would generate some outfit possibilities. And basically, uh, we would mark those outfits as valid for the weather or not. Um, but beyond that, it was just kind of a random choice of what three outfits you got every morning. And if you didn't like those outfits, it was uh, you're kind of SOL. Can I like pick my pants and then just say, I want these pants and then just tap possibilities and it keeps generating possibilities around those pants? Yes. Um, and so okay. you can just say like, I want to wear these pants today. And then here we'll show you all outfits that have those pants. But that was kind of the level of it. It was basically just kind of like an outfit generator, which was still above and beyond most of the other closet apps out there. Most of them said you take pictures and then they were like, great, here are your clothes. Now they're in your phone. It's like, well, that doesn't actually do anything for me. So we uh, we tried to move beyond that and, and get into that outfit generation. And then a lot of what we've been doing the last year is, um, a lot of listening to our users, honestly, but really kind of trying to finish the job as well. So we knew that, you know, you don't think of your closet as like one singular closet. You have your work clothes, you have your weekend clothes, um, you have a vacation kind of capsule that you're going to take with you and you want to see outfits for that. Uh, and so it was kind of creating that personalization and kind of categorization for people as well. You guys use color theory to match what would go together? Uh, we have... Even one even better, we have the only dual major computer science and fashion major, I believe, in the country. So, <laughs> so she works with us. Um, she's been there since before, even me. And basically, she's developing all of these kind of color algorithms and outfit algorithms, um, leveraging, you know, computer science and machine learning, but also her actual fashion degree, which is just fantastic to have on the team because <laughs> you should never ask me about fashion. <laughs> Right. That's super smart because she can say, oh, well, in this material, brown works with this, but in this material, brown doesn't work with this. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, as we kind of evolve the algorithm further and now that we're moving it off device, we can start to look at, all right, yeah, what are the primary colors of this item? But what are the accent colors as well? And how does that affect the outfit? Ooh. Does it tell you how attractive you are to the opposite sex? Uh, It does not. Not yet. Okay. We're trying to work on a partnership with Tinder now, but <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That's a serious <laughs> partnership. It'll read the text of the messages back and forth. And when it <laughs> can tell that you guys are meeting is it is say, inject your product, say, look, look sharp. You yeah. have everyone running to their closets, scanning everything possible. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> so what, what are you going to do next? What's the next big feature with this? What, do you, what is the thing that is getting you excited to wake up every day that you're working on? Yeah, I mean, a lot of what we do and really a lot of what we've done for the past year is kind of create this app to help people who uh, we call it like kind of need styling help. Like they don't feel comfortable dressing themselves or saying, looking in their closet, saying, yes, these two pieces go together. Um, And so we're trying to like remove that stress out of the morning for a lot of people. Um, And I feel like we've kind of not not completely solve that problem, but like a lot of our features are based around that. And we we have a lot of people who are coming to us every morning to get dressed. Um, but we think there's another side of this and that's kind of like the style inspiration. And so a lot of this is currently solved by Pinterest and by like fashion magazines. But, you know, those aren't your clothes and that isn't your body type and it isn't, you know, where you live. And so what we think Don't we can remind do is- me. So we think we can do like a lot more personalized fashion inspiration and it's kind of looking deeper in your closet and be like, hey, like you wear these a lot, but have you thought about 
trying to pair this from your work, you know, your work clothes with this and your weekend clothes and try and create new ideas for you to kind of like expand your style a little bit. No, that's really smart because my closet, I get these clothes that I'll wear a lot in a certain period of time and then I'll almost rediscover some favorites, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's out of sight, out of mind, right? You can only focus on so much at once. So that'd be really cool to, um, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. I have a suggestion. I have a suggestion. Hook up with like an Uber, right? Mm -hmm. And then there should be a button where I can actually press a button and someone comes over and dresses me. (laughs) We've actually, I know when we try and talk to our users and understand, you know, why they use the app and why they find value, you find like some of the questions you have to ask to kind of like really understand their motivations are, are always fun. And I remember we were asking people like, if we would send a personal stylist to you to dress you every morning, like how often would you want them to come over? And, you know, there was a large number of our users who were like every day, like I would want someone in my house every day to dress me. So it's like, oh, okay, that's why you're using us. I got it. That's like the most interesting job interview ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man. All right. Now get dressed. Okay. You can do it. Now dress me. <laughs> you dress the interviewer. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. We would have to get some sort of like mannequin that you would dress, right? We do have one in the office. Uh, her name is Roberta. Roberta the mannequin. Yeah. Did you draw eyes on her or is it like plain face? Uh, it's plain face. Uh, but when you have a dressed mannequin sitting in someone's office chair, like it is very convincing, like a little terrifying sometimes. You know what? I would be, I'm actually upping my skills right now. I'm practicing every day to become a dresser. I'm actually dressing a wild, crazy six month old baby. Now that's, (laughs) that's difficult. Yes. I'm starting to feel your pain. Um, We're a month in now. So you're one month in. We're one month in. Yeah, little Rowan's uh, was born on February first, so she is about to hit a, a new level of tear for us, I imagine. But she, it's been great so far. So, what's where are you at right now? What's what's like exciting? What's happening every day with the baby right now, with Rowan? Oh man, um, yeah, just she's starting to learn to be awake for the first time in her life. You know, like I think mm-hmm. pretty much the first few weeks have been, she's either, you know, awake and eating or um, awake and needing something or just asleep. And I think she's finally getting to a point where she's just kind of having like, I'm awake, I'm alert, but I'm not upset time. And it's been really yeah. interesting to watch just like how she kind of interacts with the world, what she kind of focuses on. Um, you know, it's, I love it. I love the the idea that like, they don't know that their hands are their hands yet. It's like, that is oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's so funny to me. So yeah, it's just been really interesting when they find their feet and are you getting the morning smiles yet? Not yet. Okay. That, that'll have, that changes your life. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not far away either. Yeah. Like oh, every morning, just ear to ear for the first 20 minutes. And it's the greatest thing in the world yeah oh that's awesome your wife doing well she's doing great she's loving it and so yeah we uh we we felt like we were prepared and we weren't but it, we're, we're doing well so yeah we actually just got so we're hitting that you know six month mark where you realize it's going to be 18 years yeah. <laughs> no but it, it's it's fun right so the the life has this beautiful way of keeping you excited by giving you these new things that are happening. But at the same time, it does become a lot of 
work when when I work a lot. So my wife was just taking care of her. So recently, just last week, we got a nanny to kind of help out with the baby. And that was, that's been amazing. It's been the, been an excellent week. I can only imagine. Yeah, I know my wife, uh, she's wanting to do a lot of like flower farming this year. And so we have a lot of family around. So she'll be, uh, Rowan will be visiting grandmas a lot during the, the harvest season. Yeah, lots of family is super useful. So, so with the app, right, what's sort of like the weirdest feature suggestion that you've gotten? Um, I mean, we have a pretty open customer support, kind of like people can just reach out to us at any time and we you know the whole team reviews it. So we get to interact a lot with just very bizarre requests, like, um, and just the way people phrase things, you know, a lot of people want us to like accessorize their outfits for them as well. Um, but you know, the, the way some people ask is, you know, how am I supposed to know if I'm, uh, if I should wear this belt on my head and you're like, well, I think that answer should or should answer itself. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we just get the most bizarre things of how because I think people just are really passionate about, you know, they've come to rely on us for like dressing them in the morning. And so that there's like, if we're not adding that piece of accessorizing, they get very frustrated. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, well, what am I supposed which belt goes best with my head? Yeah, I mean, the, the head belt is really, it's kind of become its own Slack channel uh, in, in our company culture now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's honestly like what happens a lot is people for the longest time couldn't add their own clothes. So you were, were limited to our database, um, but we did now add the ability for you to upload an image and tag that image with, you know, all the things we need to style it for you. Um, and sometimes just going through those images of what people are wearing and what they're tagging it as, it's, it's just so fascinating. <laughs> you know, like I used to think like, I've seen like most of what people wear, like I've been alive, I've paid attention to clothes people wear, but not even in the slightest. <laughs> so are you guys going to license your data back to fashion designers about what's popular or what people like or what trends are? A lot of what we're probably going to do is work with like brands. Um, so, you know, we'd love to work with a brand like Madewell um, and have them, um, you know, talk about us in their store about how like, because if you think about the fashion industry, 99% of the fashion industry is set, like centralized about one event, the purchase. And even though 99% of someone's lifetime with a piece of clothing and how they wear it occurs after that point, that brand, that fashion team is not involved in that at all. And so we'd love to be the platform for people to be able to tap into that and say, here's how people are wearing the items we're actually putting out. And here's, you know, what they're excited about. And so we would definitely want to work with those brands and provide that data back to them. Like, oh, you know, this many people added this item to their closet and here's how they're wearing it. Here's how often they wear it um, and be able to let, let them use that data in return. That's really unique. So do you have any brands that you're currently working with now? Uh, none that we can announce. None that you can announce. How big yeah. is your team currently? Uh, we have 11 people full time right now. So are you primarily venture funded? Yeah. So um, we do, you know, the app is subscription based. Um, so we, we do survive without venture funding, but a lot of our growth is venture backed. Oh, so people pay for this. Yes. Yeah. So the, when you download the app, uh, it's $7.99 a month. Um, and so we basically use that as a way to just like make sure that people are, you know, 
continually getting value. It's kind of our metric for ourselves, uh, but it's a way for us also to just be upfront and honest. Like we don't need to sell their data. We don't need to sell them clothes. Um, you know, our CEO loves to say like, we're the only fashion company that doesn't try and sell you clothes. Um, and you'll find no links or retail thing anywhere in the app. It's just all about the clothes that you already have. I really, I, I like this idea. I see a lot of stuff. <laughs> I like this business. Excuse me. It's not an idea. I like the business. I like the concept. I like it, Chris. I like it a lot. And clearly the market likes it too, because you can survive without. Now, did you, were you involved with the um, marketing at all of the product? No, not definitely not when I joined. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get more involved with that now because um, I think like this, the role of CTO, and it, it was funny when you reach out to me, I, I started to kind of think about it a lot. Like a lot of, especially in the startup world, a lot of people assume CTO just means lead developer. But a lot of the reason I joined with Cladwell was because they are a marketing led organization um, and they have a lot of interesting projects like getting into the the deep learning around clothing and uh, even like image recognition so people can just take a picture and we can style that without them giving us additional data. But what was interesting to me is like building a product is a lot more than development. It's a lot more than just writing those lines of code or like arguing that you need to build the API or do, you know, change to the new hot language. Like it was a really a good chance for me to kind of like get involved with the whole product and and kind of move that forward. And so I'm definitely trying to get more involved with the marketing side, trying to you know remove any barriers from the marketing side and, and move forward with that. I agree, right? Like, I don't even know what else to say to that. You just summed it up so perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> the the startup bus, you were on the startup bus. Yeah. Right? I've seen pictures. I've seen the Instagram, <laughs> right? Yeah. I want to I hear about you. I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. Tell me about your startup bus experience. Oh man. So this was, this would have been in 2012. Um, my experience with startups in general at that point was like going to a startup weekend once, you know, like it was, I was working in the agency world and just kind of knew some guys who were running the brandery an accelerator here in Cincinnati. Uh, but it was not much more than that. And, um, heard about the startup bus and one, you know, decided like, Hey, this is basically startup weekend on a bus to South by Southwest. Like, Sounds kind of cool. So jumped on it, um, got a few friends to join. Um, but once we got on there, kind of split up with a lot of them and uh, met with, um, you know, Rodney Williams and Josh Glick and a couple others to start a company called Listener. Um, so we started on the bus with this, this idea that we knew there was this technology out there that could send audio, uh, data over audio. Um, but we wanted to leverage that and like it was used, you know, by like brands to understand like when you walked into a store, but we wanted to uh -huh. embed that into music and kind of deliver content. So if you're listening to a song for the 10th time, you would get like, you know, the unlock It kind of like that booklet that used to come in CD cases it doesn't really exist in the digital world. We were trying to recreate that, but kind of as like a reward based mechanism for listening to this music. Um, and so that was the idea on day one of the bus at 6 a.m. in wherever city we started it in. And so all of a sudden, we, you know, we, we drive around the country for three days. Like it doesn't take three days to drive from, you know, the middle of Ohio down to Austin. So we would stop at hotels. It's kind of like drive kind of a little too far east and kind of go past, stop, took a stop off in San Antonio. Um, but what we ended up doing as a team was, 
Um, to, to be able to work on the bus, they give you these little, you know, AT&T MiFi's, but like they did not have any reasonable internet speed. And so it was just was so unproductive to be on the bus that we would just sleep on the bus. And when we stopped for, at a hotel at the night, we would just stay up throughout the entire night working, just completely wrecked our sleep schedules. But uh, when we finally got down to uh, to Austin, we were definitely by far like the, the furthest along product wise. You know, we actually had a working uh, prototype with the data being embedded in music and unlocking things on a mobile app through an API. Like it was, it was just the most incredible, you know, 72 hours of development <laughs> that I, I've done. Um, and we went out and started pitching it, uh, pitching it to uh, anyone who'd listen at South by, but also they had these little pitch competitions as part of the startup bus. Uh, and we, you know, ended up winning our bus and made it to like the regionals. So it was like the 10 buses. It was like those 10, like top 10 teams from those buses would move on. Uh, and so we pitched there. We didn't win anything there, but we met a couple local investors down at South by, told them about our idea uh, and basically had a term sheet before we left Austin. <laughs> So it was just like this incredible excellent. experience. And it was like, I knew nothing about startups, knew nothing about any of that uh, when I, when I did it. And, you know, some would say I still know nothing, but, you know, really kind of just like, was just jumping in both feet. Like no one on our team had ever done anything like that before. Uh, and it kind of like led me, you know, just feet in the fire. And we came back and raised money and just started running from there. How did, how did you meet the people at Cloudwell? and get started with them yeah so uh, it was actually during my last startup um so in between listener and cladwell uh, i ran a, a company called cosmatic and we were heavily involved in real estate and all of, like algorithmic search of the mls data and additional data sources but uh, i met blake our ceo at cladwell because just he's just a nerdy guy and just loves to talk about algorithms. Like, I think you can actually probably find the tweet where he just tweets at us and says like, Hey guys, want to grab a beer and talk about algorithms. And so we went and, and met up with him and just started talking about what we were doing. Cause they were still doing, you know, fashion, uh, even before the, the current outfits app. And when I joined up, but, um, they were just doing a lot of like, how do you understand what you need to buy for your closet? Um, not necessarily how to use what's in your closet at that point. Um, but we talked a lot with him um, and just kind of what he was up to and the challenges he was having. Uh, and then the CMO of Cladwell, Erin uh, Flynn, I've known her and her husband for about four or five years. They were around kind of around that startup bus era. They had a couple of companies in Cincinnati and kind of went through a couple of accelerators up in Detroit and just kind of like they were all kind of part of this, you know, what, what, what we call the startup Cincy uh, kind of ecosystem. And so when, we shut down my last company. I was kind of looking around of, you know, who was needing some tech help and who had some, an interesting product that was kind of ready for the next stage. Um, and then started talking with Blake and, you know, they were basically, Hey, we're at the end of our seed. We're about to raise series a, uh, and it just seemed like a good fit. Nice, man. So, and then like, have you, are you, so are you a co-founder of Cladwell or a partner in any way, or are you, are you just the role of CTO? Yeah, just role CTO. Um, came in pretty late. Uh, I think I am the fourth CTO at Cladwell. Um, so they <laughs> they had one uh, as an original founder. Um, I just 
they I, again i think it, a lot of it came down to what we we're talking before like his he thought his role was lead developer and didn't really keep the business as his top priority his top priority was working on something cool or he thought his job was to argue with the business side versus try and support it and so i oh. think i think that was kind of like something that plagued them throughout each of their ctos you know i wasn't there i can't really say what each of them did or didn't do but i know that it just wasn't a good fit it wasn't supporting the business it felt like they were struggling against technology uh, and when i started talking with blake and just started talking about like you know i'm more interested in the business side and helping you guys succeed as a startup versus building really cool things while that does help um and i think it was kind of a breath of fresh air for him and the leadership team of like oh like this is someone who actually be part of the leadership team not someone who reports to us right and that's critical to the team success is having the entire company work towards a common goal instead of fighting each other on the details of whatever they're trying to push out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you, you just see that in so many different, not only startups, but in companies of all sizes, but it always gets me when you see a CTO trying to like push back against a CEO on a feature. It's like that just tells me there's a, a deeper cultural problem. Either you disagree with the, what the business is supposed to be doing and that's never going to go well. Or you just don't understand that your job is to support the business. Yeah, I think a lot of it is the them imagining that the CTO role is just senior developer. Yeah, and then just completely focus. And then and then you get that right, and then you get the issues of when they get overwhelmed, right? Yeah, and then they get overwhelmed, and then they don't know how to to deal with being overwhelmed, and so that takes its self out in frustration then you get into arguments and yeah i've i've seen it more than a handful of times <laughs> oh yeah yeah it, it's never good and it, it drags the team down with it um and a lot of yeah, a lot of that can be just general co-founder issues but all of it's just like understanding the role and what what you're all are there to do so so you're, you're at home today right i am yeah we um I took a couple of weeks off when Rowan was born and uh, took another couple of weeks and just kind of worked from home to kind of help ease the transition for the wife. So, And when are you going to head back into uh, the office? Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. So you're getting like this. This is like a little prep for tomorrow. Yeah. This is how to interact with humans again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, this is our class one on one human interaction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's more interesting when there's latency involved, right? <laughs> yeah. I would feel that way with uh, the baby too. You know, you're, you're trying to interact with her and there's just there's nothing coming back. Oh, yeah. But that's that's the upward thing. That's what the all the awesomeness is, is every day getting better and better. So what's the first... So you've been working just from home for the past like week or so? Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we have a pretty good remote culture in terms of we do... Uh, primarily a work from home Wednesday every week. So everyone on the team, it's just, it's really not, you don't have to be home, but no one goes to the office on Wednesday. So a lot of coffee shops and things like that. And kind of do a remote stand up and just kind of, that's kind of people's day to like do adult things. If you need to have someone stop by the house or have a doctor's appointments and things like that. Get a haircut, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely need one after a month at home. (laughs) How many developers at of the 11 are developers uh including myself there's three of us right now and are you writing ios and android 100 uh, percent native are they two completely separate code bases or are you using like react native 
Uh, we're doing iOS completely native. Um, Android remains to be seen. Um, I have a lot of uh, React Native experience, so kind of want to leverage that if we can, but it'll just depend on the hire we have. Oh, so you haven't gone to your Android yet? No, not yet. Um, that basically is something we've been trying to like leverage single platform as a way to kind of move quickly and find that product market fit. Um, but now that we've actually feel like we've got it, now it's like, all right, how do we scale? How do we kind of, again, help our marketing by helping them find people without having to worry about platform? There's your excuse to handle the processing that you were discussing. Exactly. Let's, yep. go, to, let's go to Android, move processing into the cloud and make that move really quick. Yeah, there's. I don't think there's any way we would have been able to to do it without the API. Um, I mean, it would just be we'd be shooting ourselves in the foot if we did it at that point. And we also open up web at this point too. So, right. So you you're building the the API, right? And then you'll be able to build your web interfaces and re- your React Native interfaces into the users. It'll be like essentially a seamless process. That's the goal. Yeah, we have a couple people right now who've noticed uh, the lack of API when they you know, pull it up on and their iPad when they're getting dressed in the morning and they don't have the same closet as their iPhone. We're like, we're working on it, I promise. So it'll be good to finally just have that done and, and it, have it work the way people expect. Yeah, it'll also be interesting for any other companies that maybe want to embed your features into their fashion apps yeah i wonder when we talk about brand integration we've always thought about it like you know if you're in the madewell app uh how cool would it be if you're looking at an item in their store and be like hey here's what you could wear it with what's already in your closet just a little one button pops open and all of a sudden there's all of your outfits with that new item that they have yeah that sounds Exactly like what they want to use for the fashion app. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be huge. All right, man. So I'm really pumped. I'm so happy that we finally got to hang out and like send them baby pictures back and forth. I know. Yeah, that's, I, I love it. I love, uh, luckily people on our team have, it's pretty family based. You know, there's a couple guys on our team who have, you know, three or four kids at home. So it's it's great to join that crowd. Yeah, we we've actually had a number of people from Ohio, like, Don Pulaski, Brian Powell. Do you know any of those guys? Oh, I know Brian Powell very well. He's definitely one of one of my favorite people in the city. Oh, you know Brian? Oh, I do. I love him. Oh, nice. Yeah, he was a guest on our show. We had a great time. His have you have you heard about his thing that he's doing, the 10 gram flex? No, I haven't heard what's new with him. I, last I heard he had just left a uh, complete set. Yeah. So the short of it is that when you talk about engineering large systems like architecture systems, like uh, buildings and stuff, there yeah. are building codes, right? So that the doorways are certain high, everything. Um, they're discussing this new company, Tangram, about making these sort of building codes, but for programming. Oh, interesting. So kind of trying to raise the bar for everybody. Yeah, well, I, I joked with them. I said, I look forward to seeing how you do it without making everybody upset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's so. that XKCD about? Like, there's 12 competing standards, and then we should create a one new standard that encompasses all of them. Like, up soon, there's 13 competing standards. So, yeah. You said you were did some real estate data. So when when they're talking about that, all I could think about was RETS, which I don't oh know if you're really into that. But that's like it's oh. a standard with 14 versions, so it's not a standard, and it's just it's unbelievable. And even the, even within the standard, the standard is here's what the fields are named. But what's in that field is like 
any it's like it's usually just an empty text field for real estate agents to just put garbage in so mm-hmm. it is just it's just so upsetting to try and use in any sort of meaningful way we basically at the end of it all we just did not leverage any mls data um we just like took the address we didn't even take the latin long from it because it was normally long, wrong so we just took the address and then figured everything else out with third-party services so a lot of like open data from like the census and great schools and you know local county auditors and things like that it just the rest data was just pure garbage so yeah it's like i used to used to do real estate data and then i interacted with rets and now i'm in the fashion world yeah. <laughs> it's basically it was my very story. rets motivated motivated me to the fashion world yeah awesome and almost ruined development for me. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was there. <laughs> We're not even going to go down there. We're not going to bring those those <laughs> nightmares back up. But we are very excited about your little one. And oh, you got to send me pictures when she starts doing. You got to send me an email, man. When she starts doing the thing where every morning when you wake up, uh, smiling like crazy. Yeah, you got to be like, dude, I'm getting the smiles. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely hit you up with that. Awesome. And then if anyone wants to, or when people want to find out more about you, how would they do that? Yeah. Cladwell.com or check us out just on the iOS app store or hopefully soon Android. Excellent. I'm going to, I'm going to try the app out. I'm going to tell my wife about it too. Do it. Yeah. We, we have men's and women's clothes in there. So we'll, we'll, we'll style you both well. Excellent. And then you got to come with like an attachment mirror or some like augmented reality thing where I can actually see the clothes on me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah we thought about actually uh when uh, with all the new echo look and everything like that it's just creating an echo thing of because echo can tell you like what it thinks looks better on you uh, but it doesn't know what's in your closet so we wanted to kind of like create just like a hey echo like what should i wear and then once you wear it echo tells you how it looks so ooh, you got to call up uh you know i know the chief evangelist guy over at alexa yeah yeah you should his name's Dave Ispisky. You should message him and he's very nice and say, Hey, this is what we do. We think it would be cool to integrate it. And then he would put you in charge of like some user, some like voice design team member. And then they would work with you as a business to take it to Alexa. Hmm. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'll definitely reach out. They're very nice and open over there. That's good. Chief evangelist should do that. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And their team's really cool too. So yeah. Man, all exciting. You let me know when you dominate the voice world with the uh, getting dressed. Alexa, put on my shoes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Send your Roomba over with your shoes. There you, ooh, there you go. We have a Christmas tree that we um, turn on and off with Alexa all the time in our <laughs> office. So <Yeah. laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Chris, for hanging out. Absolutely. It's been great. Thank you so much for listening to the Modern CTO Podcast. Share this. Get the word out. Thank you guys so much. I couldn't do without you. I appreciate it. You guys are the absolute best.